the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM, The Answer. And a good morning, everybody. Great to have you here on this Tuesday, the 13th day of February 2024. How you doing? Hope you slept well. While you slept, 22 Republicans joined with Democrats uh, to vote yes on an aid package to assist Ukraine, yes, Israel, and regions of the Indo-Pacific, some Taiwan flavor in there. But all of this money, this entire massive package, $95 billion of your tax money, uh, not one shred of border security funding that means anything. The U.S. has spent already more than $100 billion in aid for Ukraine since the war against Russia began in Feb 2022. Uh, this is, I believe, a fool's errand. Uh, I would love somehow magically to think that Ukraine could repel a Russian invasion. It's not going to happen. Uh, there is something going on in Eisenhower coining the military industrial complex, uh, you know, half a century ago, more than half a century ago. Uh, there, there's too much money to be made, too much globalism to be satisfied. Uh, it's funny because the way that was John Cornyn among the yes votes. Of course he was. Uh, there's something generational about this. The, the Republicans under like 55 were all, uh, like no votes on this. Uh, JD Vance, Rand Paul, uh, taking a strong lead and suggesting that we need to pay attention to our borders before we obsess about Ukraine's borders. And it doesn't mean that, that we don't have, uh, that, that uh, was it worth it to give it a try? Sure it was. And as I said, all year last year, I will give you generously the entire calendar year of 2023 to see if the Ukrainians, with all of their warts, that's, that's not a total white hats regime over there, uh, to see if they can expel uh, Putin's forces. Hasn't happened and it won't happen. There is a reason why Americans and some, I mean, American legislators, uh, well, Democrats, I kind of understand because they desperately, well, they, they found a war they can like, for one thing. And they, they would love to have a W for Biden. Oh, boy, Biden's problems are way deeper than now than whether than how Ukraine works out. But for Republicans, what is with the Republicans who have this fetish for forever war in Ukraine. I don't know. But $95 billion, uh, the vote was 70 to 29. There were some Democrat no's. Peter Welch, Jeff Merkley of Massachusetts, Bernie Sanders said no. Look at there. So um, 
Ted Cruz introduced an amendment identical to the House's immigration bill, H.R. 2, which would restore most Trump-era restrictions, hire additional Border Patrol officers, and tighten asylum screenings. Republican Senators Roger Marshall of Mississippi, J.D. Vance of Ohio, Josh Hawley of Missouri, just a few other senators who spoke in opposition to the bill, continuing the filibuster. Mitt Romney and Tom Tillis, the usual suspects, mittens, seeing what damage he can do before he takes the exit ramp, saying we've we've got to, no further delays, no further delays. Jerry Moran of Kansas, Republican I have some abiding respect for, uh, was was quite, um, quite emotional. I believe in America first, he said. But unfortunately, America first means we have to engage in the world. Jerry. Jerry. Doesn't mean we have to engage everywhere in the world. I believe in America first, but unfortunately, America first means we have to engage in the world. First of all, it's not unfortunate that America does engage in the world in some ways. It is good and right. We are the only superpower that's a force for good. There are areas where we have an obvious interest. Hello, Israel. Uh, but but th- this is a complete concoction. And do not be cowed into submission by the posers and posturers and forever war acolytes who will tell you that if we negotiate a settlement to the end of this war so that we can stop sending money we don't have and war material that we may need so that we can stop this insanity, that that is somehow a green light to Putin to become the next Hitler and invade most of Eastern Europe. That is an intellectually dishonest scare tactic. Who were the Republicans who voted yes on the foreign aid package? Shall we go alphabetically? John Boozman, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Bill Cassidy, of Louisiana, Susan Collins of Maine, shocker. John Cornyn, shocker again. Kevin Kramer, Mike Crapo, Joni Ernst of Iowa, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, John Hoven, John Kennedy of Louisiana, maybe the only, well, I don't know how many surprises there are here. Mitch McConnell, shocker. Jerry Moran, Lisa Murkowski in Alaska, James Risch, Mitt, Mike Rounds, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, John Thune, South Dakota, Tom Tillis, Roger Wicker of Mississippi, and Todd Young. So uh, how'd this happen? Democrats brought the package up for a vote after Republicans had blocked the bigger package, the $118 billion package that also included a slew of border and immigration provisions on Wednesday. Republicans had said they would not approve funding for Ukraine unless the overwhelmed southern border was secured first. But there were not enough Republicans to fight that fight. This is why we have primaries. Um. By the way, just an interesting Texas political twist, if you want one. <laughs> one of the first people to uh, hop on this early this morning, because this vote was just in the last couple of hours. Um, one of the first people to say, to actually specifically criticize Cornyn for it, uh, that would be the always up early and energetic Attorney General Ken Paxton, <laughs> which led me to weigh in on what may be happening here. So over there on the X, you can find me saying that Paxton firing a shot across Cornyn's bow makes more people think that that Paxton is aiming higher. Ken is very, he is filled with political vigor at the moment. 
the project of, uh, of the wintertime here is to see how many of his tormentors he can return to private life in the primaries. And I believe the answer to that will be not many. I don't know how many incumbent Paxton impeachment monkeys will be punished with their political lives for that. It may be none. It's really hard to beat incumbents. Memories are short. Almost all of the Paxton impeachment brigades can point to all kinds of wonderful other things they did, and they're not wrong about those other things they did. But the desire to sign on to the absolutely threadbare, dishonest, sham impeachment, it says something about you uh, that's not great. Now, there are people who are running about whom I would say that's the only difference I have with them. There are others who are running where I'd say, you know what, that's an indication of a deeper uh, weakness in the conservative DNA. But again, it's a big ask because, and what do I always say? That you've got to create a reason, a broad desire to fire an incumbent. It's really hard to do. So I'll tell you what's going to happen is most of the people, most of the incumbents that Paxton has targeted are going to survive. And then there'll be all this commentary that said, no, the Paxton uh, revenge tour was a total failure. Yeah, he's making these people breathe harder, work harder, sweat more than they would have in any way. Paxton remains an energized force, remains the recipient of loyal conservative backing, and I believe may have his sight set on other things, like, oh, maybe being John Cornyn's successor. I think Governor Abbott may be thinking about becoming John Cornyn's successor if he does not run for re-election in 2026, if Cornyn does not, and he may not. Uh, Paxton may run against uh, for, for the Senate, whether Cornyn is in or not. I think Paxton would love the opportunity to be the one thing that has never existed, a conservative giving Texas conservatives an alternative to Cornyn that is actually plausible. Some really good-hearted, decent, hard-working folk have tried to primary Cornyn. No one has ever come close. I told I, I, I told you that that was always going to be the case. Um, how would a Paxton Cornyn primary work in 2026? <laughs> well, for, so much of that depends on news on the ground. Will we be in the middle of the, of the second Trump presidential term? What will that do to conservative energies? What will be going on in Texas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Another scenario is Abbott, let's say Cornyn says, I'm not going to run in 2026. And Governor Abbott says, you know what? I'm in. And I've, I've, there is a natural ascendancy there especially with the degree to which Governor Abbott has shorn up his conservative street cred of late, spent with, with, the, with, with border strength. I mean, it's just been an amazing, um, I want to say repair. It's not like he was broken, but there were big holes in Governor Abbott's conservative support. They're not all totally filled in. But a lot of them are, because a whole lot of them were border-related. People wondered if he was a, bo a border warrior. They ain't wondering anymore. So the notion of Governor Abbott offering himself for the for a Senate vacancy, if there is one, if if Cornyn doesn't run, uh, is I, I, there, there's something kind of organic about that.
See Governor Abbott rolling around the halls of uh, of the Capitol? It's not a bad thing. That would create a vacancy at governor. Well, who might be interested in that? <laughs> We're back to Ken Paxton. He just get ready for uh, just. Oh, by the way, I, I think that my first tweet about this was some months ago when, for some reason, they went. Usually, the um, Republican and Democrat conventions are announced a eh, couple of two, three years ahead of time. Sometimes we've known for a couple of years that the Republicans would be gathering in Milwaukee in July, and the Democrats would uh, bring their riot gear to Chicago uh, in August. We've known that for a while. We already know where the uh, where the Republican convention is going to be in 2028. I guess the, the DeSantis convention, one way or the other, because he'll either be Trump's vice president, uh, which I think I want. I really do. I've been thinking about this. We've been dallying around with Tim Scott, who's great. We've been working our way through, you know, Elise Stefanik and Sarah Huckabee Sanders and, and J.D. Vance, all of which are wonderful Trump running mate possibilities. But I just can't peel myself away from the incre- from the from the thing that works the best, uniting conservatives. Not that Tim Scott can't unite conservatives, but his, the enthusiasm for his presidential race was such that it ended early. There were millions of Americans really interested in DeSantis. Trump DeSantis, that's pretty sweet, man. I I hope there's a way to, uh, and it's funny because the real X factor, well, two X factors there. Number one, would Trump ask him? I think he totally would, under one condition, because Trump is completely transactional, which is fantastic. It means he doesn't hold personal grudges. I mean, Rick Perry called him a cancer on conservatism and wound up in the cabinet. So Trump gets over stuff the snap of a finger if he thinks that that you all can work together. So if Trump thinks it's a good idea, that invitation will be made if he thinks it's the best idea. Would DeSantis accept? How do you not accept? And I'll tell you, if DeSantis is interested in running for president in 2028, there are worse places to be than Trump's sitting vice president. So um, anyway, uh, the uh, the convention where all this uh, will play out, if it works out that way, however it works out, uh, the 2028 Republican convention uh, would be Houston, where the welcoming address could be delivered by Governor Ken Paxton. <laughs> so anyway, ay, ay, ay. Uh, meanwhile, oh, Hugh Hewitt with a column. I'll, I'll probably get to it eight o'clock hour or whatever at some point. Uh, Hugh shared a good bit of it in his own show. It's basically a call to President Biden to resign now. We can sit here and talk about whether he'll be on the ballot or whether he can, you know, survive literally or politically, you know, through another five years in the Oval Office. And Hugh cuts it right to the bone and um, and, and says it's, it's time for, for Biden to resign now. Now, that gives now, I'll run this by my talk show buddy, Mike Gallagher, who it appears will be with us. He's all better. And uh, over his uh, one day bug. Glad of that. And uh, so he'll join us 735. I know that gives us President Kamala Harris for a while. And she's a mess. Even Democrats aren't weren't real interested in her. But trust me on this. She'd be harder to beat than you think. We can explore that uh, if you wish as we 
progress. 866-660-5759. 866-660-5759. Lord, guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of this new day. We thank you every day for this blessed nation and your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would want to be treated. Lord, these are times of trial and challenge. Lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America, where our Constitution is honored, our schools and public spaces are safe, our elections are reliable, our borders work, where we protect the unborn, and we fight for the meaning and the intent of the two genders you created, and where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill, and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our great state of Texas, our communities, and our families. If we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything, and we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. All right. Um, we talked about Super Bowl ads a lot yesterday, and and including the ones with a religious theme, the, the He Gets Us uh, ads for Jesus, or were they? Uh, there was one big honking political ad that ran. And the guy on whose benefit, for whose benefit they ran, retweeted it and thought it was the greatest thing in the world, and then later on had to apologize for it. What? I'll explain next. Seven twenty-four. Take the last train to Pottsville, and I'll meet you at the station. Underrated. Greatness of the monkeys. We have a monkey birthday. <laughs> And it would be the probably underappreciated monkey, Peter Tork. He would have been 82 today, uh, passed away back in uh, 2019. Okay, um, Super Bowl ad. <laughs> this one this, this one brought my uh, eyebrows up. The imagery, uh, it's a JFK ad, and the jingle is JFK circa 1960. Okay, you get the idea, right? Uh, except the thing is, uh, and it's a little passing parade of posters and billboards and stuff, but the Kennedy portrayed, sort of photoshopped into them, is Bobby Kennedy Jr., RFK Jr. It's an ad for him. want a man for president who's seasoned through and through mm-hmm. a man who's old enough to know and young enough to do oh as fresh as today's headlines he's old enough to know and young enough to do we have a president who's too old to do anything and too old to know anything so anyway but to finish this up well, it's up to you it's up to you it's strictly up to you American Value 2024 is responsible for the content of this advertisement. Right, and that's the PAC, the RFK Jr. supporting PAC. RFK Jr. tweeted this thing out as if it was the greatest thing since sliced bread and later on had to apologize for it, as I knew he would because the actual JFK family hates him. Last night, Jesse Waters asked, why did you run that ad? Well, you know, I know. I, as you know, Jesse, there's a couple of members of my family that do not support my run for president. Couple. And I knew that ad was not run by our campaign. It was run by the Super PAC. I was delighted to see it. I was sitting with Cheryl and my kids and a lot of other family members watching the Super Bowl when that popped up. So you can imagine my surprise. The Super PAC's not allowed to talk about those things with us. Uh, but I knew when I saw the ad, I, I love the ad, but I knew that it would be 
that it would irritate some members of my family because it used some of that old Kennedy iconography. So I I, I don't apologize for the ad, um, but I you know I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I find it impossible to believe that he did not know that it was going to run. Anyway, uh, when I wonder about things, I ask my talk show buddy, Mike Gallagher, who is back. So let's talk to Mike after we work our way into and out of the newsroom at 731. Here's Nikki Whaley. All right. Let's see if we can identify this artist as we welcome our buddy, Mike Gallagher, back. Give it about 10 seconds. Stylistically, it's interesting. This ain't Texas. give you a clue. Super Bowl Sunday, we learned that this artist was going to throw us a genre curveball with a country album, and this is the first release from it. Oh, I just saw this story. Now, I can't remember who it is. It's, uh, oh gosh, I just saw Starts with a B. Is it Beyonce? Yeah, you are correct, sir. Look at that. He's backing in fighting trim. That is Texas Hold'em from Beyonce. And I gotta say, you gotta get over a little obstacle for me. Not a huge fan. She's a cop hater. And yeah, just the whole diva thing. Yeah. But but that's that's pretty good. And so good for her. And good for you, my friend. Welcome back. I'm sorry you had the one day Oof. bug. When did that hit oh. you? Were, you? were you able to watch any Super Bowl at all? Or no? In fact, in fact, I read an article about everybody having the Super Bowl flu. Right. And they call out it's a thing. What? Like you wait, you stay up late and watch the game. Well, until so the following day. Oh, that's right. Everybody thinks they're all so, tore up. <laughs> so here I am. You know, off on Monday. I didn't even see the second half. Of what apparently oh, oh. is the greatest Super Bowl in the history it of Super Bowl. It was so awesome. The correct I team won. It. it was just no, they fantastic. didn't. No, they didn't. I, I hate that. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm I after Kelsey assaulted his coach on the sideline. Right. I hate that guy. Whatever. You don't like Beyonce? I don't like him. <laughs> I mean, he's. A, I just do not like him. Do you see that? If he's anybody else, he gets benched immediately. If he's anybody else, he might get fired. But oh, it's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. But, so man, he can you almost... know what? You know, okay. Enough, enough, enough about that sideshow. And by that, I mean it was a non-factor. The real factor in why that was not an issue to Andy read is the decade of relationship that they have is that anybody's oh, favorite thing oh. to have a player up in a coach's grill like that not at all yeah, frustration jeff high. mitchell and it, go, go, go <laughs> not, try to knock jeff mitchell on his or, keister or or let's go let's stay in football let's see if, if maybe some patriot would have assaulted bill belichick <laughs> see how that would have gone <laughs> yeah that wouldn't go it wouldn't have ended andy, but well. all, all other things you gotta love andy reed you gotta love patrick yeah, yeah. Mahomes. middle america kansas city i i let it i and dynasties are fun. Dynasties yeah. are fun. So. Well, all I know is I sat there on my sick bed. I watched the halftime show. I didn't make it. Didn't make sense of any of it. I didn't Usher recognize was any of the Usher songs. Was great. Was Usher fun. was fine. Mm-hmm. He's up there roller skating, whatever. Yeah, First half was kind of boring. Yeah. So I, I just couldn't make it. So I mean, you I got, passed I think out for I, the overtime drama. I think I got a pretty good bout of food poisoning, as best I can tell. Oh, I ate oh. late Saturday night okay. at the hotel in New York. And right. listen, I had me an eventful trip in New York. Oh, and, I, and, and I, I and I want to give you an intro ramp to that here in just a second. But let's do 30 uh-huh. seconds on food poisoning. Have you identified yeah. the culprit, do you think? I mean, you don't have to I think, idea. Yeah. But I mean, so well, it was, what was the food product and just what do you think? What it, was the uh, it was a burger from a from a famous place. Yeah. <laughs> um, not the one that comes to mind, though. Not like a McDonald's, no, but a chain. And I had a oh. burger late at night, like a dummy, at like at 11 o'clock at night. Well, why is that dumb? And it, it's because, well, first of all, I shouldn't eat that well, late eating, ever. Right, then, 11 o'clock, eating, you know, okay, bulky and then food, the next, correct. 
And then the next morning, 7 a.m., I wake up as sick as I can imagine okay. ever have been. So here's my and question here's to wor- you. Okay, and, here, and, here's the, mm, and here's the worst part. Well, then I had to get on a plane oh, in LaGuardia gosh, and fly back I'm to Florida. I'm so sorry. Ouch. And you're like, I can't get on the plane. I can't get on the plane. I go to LaGuardia mm-hmm. and listen – the noises I made in the stall of the men's room at LaGuardia Airport. I mean, I felt sorry for the other people in well, the bathroom. Thank you. They have to think some lunatic is in the. It's so embarrassing, no, too, because you're getting sick. Sorry. I didn't get sick on the plane, uh, thank the Lord. Uh, made it home, stayed uh, in bed, and, you know, so 24 hours, Mark. And my doctor's like, Mike, that's food poisoning. That would seem to be. So here's my psychology a, of food and poisoning. And a fever. Question. And Psych- a fever. Psychological question for you. Listen, good th- bad things can happen to good chains. It is a familiar franchise where you got this thing, right? It is. Okay. And a reputable one. Will you ever uh, go there again? Never in a million years. It's, and I don't – my, my bride, Lisa, we, we door-dashed a place that we love, and she's totally convinced that one item from there got her, and it may well have. Yep. And she says, we, we, can't, we can't get anything from there ever again. It's, what? It, was, it was one day. What? I know. And, I and know. so and it's I, a great I, chain. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'll say oh, it. Why not? No, no. Should I not? Well, because I don't know if it was even from them. I don't know well, that that oh, was so what it was. So let's sully their reputation for no reason. Ah, you're right. No, okay, no, no, well, no, I no, won't no, then. No. I won't, Instead, but, but here's the thing. Go ahead. But here's the thing. Forget that brand. Yeah. I may never eat another cheese. <laughs> so it's not just brand stigma. It's the entire food group. <laughs> oh, that, right, I don't listen, want to go through that again. I have things in my world that tell me if there's a charge that hits my credit card that is above a certain yes. limit, because for fraud things, you're always concerned, concerned. I'm going to let yes. Mike give the details, but Mike has shared with me that a credit card of his said large purchase approved, because they just tell you, hey, we approved it, and that way if you see it, right. it's weird. It you went know, through. So, and your, yep. limit, your limit appears to be $500. That's where mine is, too. Anything over 500 you tell me what it is. So here's a thing from someone, and it's not 501. It's not 5,000. Don't give the number. Don't give the number. Let me give the number. Don't give the number. It is a slightly higher amount that Mike was notified of. With more, here's Mike. So I'm checking into the hotel. And incidentally, it's a wonderful hotel in Times Square. Mm -hmm. It's kind of my go-to place. Well, and now after what happened, it's definitely going to be my go-to place. But it's right in the the heart of it all, 44th and Broadway. I'm going to give a shout-out. It's the Intercontinental Hotel at 44th and Broadway. And it's the hotel's been there a long time. I check in. <laughs> I have a nice lady, very very kind lady, and she checks me in. And as I'm as she's running my credit card, um, she takes she helpfully takes the card out of my hand, and she swipes the swiper, the scanner, which is on my side of the counter. You know, I'm typically supposed to put it in the count in right. the thing, right? But but she does it for me. So she leans across the counter and she swipes it. Sometimes the clerks will do that. Mm-hmm. She's just trying to be helpful. It's fine. As she swipes it, I look down and it says, "I think," in, in a, and this is before I have food poisoning, so I'm not, I'm not having a, a stroke. Two hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. I said, uh, "Ma'am, I think that just said." And meanwhile, she has swiped it. It has gone through. It's, it's I said, "Ma'am, I think it said two hundred and eighteen thousand dollars." And all she says is, "Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap!" <laughs> She accidentally – now, here's the problem. Right. I have a card. Now, the great Dave Ramsey once scolded me publicly for having this – what he calls the stupid black card. I've got a black card. Which has American like no – which has no limit. Meaning it will approve – if you buy a jet well, on, a, on a whim, it will cover it for you. Well, it did. 
It didn't it, because most credit cards would have immediately oh, rejected. Please, if, if I a, try this, it's, well, I'm arrested. <laughs> when my card, it went through yes. because as I'm looking at this, my phone beeps and I look down at my phone <laughs> it's and it Ramsey. says, "Yeah, oh yeah, Dave Ramsey's like, vindicated. He's what's, like, great. What's the matter you, with you? How can I? What help? the heck is what's wrong with you? Get out of debt, debt free. God, like, uh, I, I mean, I'm looking at my phone and I said, and I'm the color has drained from her face. It has drained from my face. I said, you just charged my card 218,000 so meanwhile the managers come out of the woodwork they this other lady took over and i'm going to tell you something about customer service yep the manager came out and they were so apologetic and and incidentally the poor lady that did it she was near tears and i said look mistakes happen they reverse the charge well, i was going to so say not- wasn't this while stigmatic and intense wasn't this fairly easy to resolve right there on the fly just credit it back it was. And by the way, yeah. can I tell you the strangest thing just happened? Mm-hmm. Can I tell you? I've got chills right now. Yeah. As you and I are talking, mm-hmm. a text message came in from Dave Ramsey. from New York City. <laughs> Kidding? Yes. Are you ready for this? It correctly identified the chain where I got the burger from. How <sighs> weird is that? Do you think they saw some, me in somebody, the restaurant? Okay. Some. You feel like somebody guessed. I don't know Correctly. if they guessed. Okay. I don't know, but it's a 917 area code, right. and they just texted, and it is indeed. Saying, was it fill in the blank, and they were correct? No. It just gave the name of the place. It was blank. Okay. No, oh. not it was. Just the name. It oh, just, oh, and just, they just Okay. All right. Wow. They just put the name. They just texted me the name, and they knew because you would be correct, sir, all or right. ma'am, or whoever okay. that is. All anyway, right. I got to. But anyway, I want to just give a shout out because so yes. many times we really long for good customer service, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when they make a mistake, often they say, well, you're too bad. You're on your own. <laughs> no, well, no. I think not... for this one, you're right there. It just happened seconds ago. I think they what? have an obligation to make it right or just give well, you what, what, or sell you the hotel, one of the two. Right. Well, I could have got a suite. I could have gotten a whole side of the room, but the side of the building. But here's what. No. But here's the point. They did. They did reverse it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really. Instead, right. they gave me like a fifty percent discount oh. on the stay. Mm-hmm. They gave me. I was gonna. Wow. I got to go back in March for business. They gave me fifty percent off there. <laughs> they really went above and beyond, and it made good. And for the them. and the manager told me. He said. I have to tell you, Mr. Gallagher, one of the reasons that it's just such a pleasure to do this is because you've been so gracious about it. And I kept telling her, I kept telling them, please don't be too hard on this lady. Right. It was a mistake. It happened. Well, did she he, just enter too many digits? I mean, was it some subset? She put of the, in a the code, thing? I think. I think <laughs> yes, she, she put did. the code. I think two eighteen oh seventy two was the code, and it turned into two hundred eighteen thousand oh, dollars. So anyway, that's awesome. I, maybe Dave Ramsey is right after all. I got to get rid of this card. <laughs> we'll the be trouble is, Dave immediately. Trouble is, you can't cut it up because it's titanium. Him, so you're not I, able to get scissors had, and get rid of it. I had one of those too. It wasn't that. It was some other big whiz bang American Express. Card, it was the yeah. Mega Ultra Bonvoy or something like that that they use for Marriott <laughs> points. But I, when the, yeah. I had an old one, and I, tr- I literally, I, I could, I couldn't shred it, couldn't cut it. It is no, sitting in a drawer right now because I'm scared to throw it away, even though the number is long since dead. So I, well, the I way just, they do it with American Express on this, it's called a Centurion card, and it's kind of cool. I mean, there's some nice benefits and perks with it and all that. And it, it's it, but you can't. You got to put it in a in a pre-selected envelope <laughs> to send it back. Oh they no! Because you're, you're not able to cut it up. I'll all right. Not. Okay. So right, meanwhile, me, enough, meanwhile, anyway. the Republic hangs by a thread. How you doing? Right. Country's on fire, but you know I got a big charge on my credit card. Let me. Can I catch you up? Can you and I? First of all, your comments on Ukraine and the twenty-two Republicans, spot on as usual. J.D. Vance has a perfect take on it, and, the, and J.D. Vance's take is this: There's no end game 
There is absolutely no end game in, in, in expecting in expecting that that Ukraine is going to repel Russia. Russia will stop its invasion of Ukraine and the war with Ukraine when Vladimir Putin decides he's going to stop it. And guess what? You know who's got a better path to getting Vladimir Putin to stop it? Donald Trump. Yeah, once again, all signs, all roads lead to Trump. I'm much more confident with Trump being able to sit down with Putin and get him off of Ukraine's, get his their boot off their neck than I am Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or fill-in-the-blank Democrat to be named later. So yep. we got that going on. <laughs> J.D. Vance is spot on, and it is generational. Great wisdom on your part. It's got something to do with these older the Republicans. old-school cold warrior people who are, you know, they just, yep. Yeah, it's a different yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and it's it's a different time. So, so great analysis. And can we catch up since I was off yesterday? How about Mike Gallagher retiring from Congress? Yes, the congressman for whom venom ran so high that you received some collateral damage because they thought you were he, and now he is announcing suddenly he's not running for re-election. Now, <laughs> here's what's so bizarre. <laughs> there, it was just released. I just saw a story that a number of Chinese nationals have gone across our border. It's a huge problem. We've got a big problem with China. He's been splendid on China. Yes, he's great on most everything. Well, why, So why do you quit? Uh, because Marjorie Taylor Greene yelled at you? Yeah, for those that don't know, Mike Gallagher is one of four Republicans. Three. Th- three purposeful. Exactly. The fourth was was a tactical thing. No, the third. Yeah, the fourth was just a tactical thing. To be on the winning there. side, to bring it up later, who voted against the Mayorkas impeachment, which every other Republican, virtually every other Republican wanted. And they're going to do it again. They're, yes. Now that Scalise is coming back, they're yes. going to try again, so they're going to get it right. But I got an idea, Congressman Gallagher. Yeah. Why don't you just be unif- unified with your party? Yeah. And, and you don't have to. But you. You quit over it. Why would you get? Why would you throw in the towel over that? I mean, and all this re- analysis I was reading. He's an up and comer, and he's a shining, rising yeah. star in the Republican Party. Did he really think I he was going to lose? Did he really think this would? I mean, maybe because I mean, yes. we're in the middle of primary. Yes. Hey. Yes. Yeah. What other reason does he have? I, I can't because think he's intimidated by Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> I mean, I was reading well, this analysis. You know well, the they theory? circled him on the. F- the other theory, what, what, the other your, theory is theory? there are Republicans who do not believe that they will be in the majority. They believe we are going to lose the majority, and they don't want to be in the minority in the House. Nope, I don't, I don't, I don't buy I don't, that. I don't he, buy that one either. Nope, I don't buy. I believe he figured he was going to get primaried, and he made a big mistake. And it is a mistake. You know what? I, I mean, three guys, and two of the three aren't running for re-election. Buck isn't running either. Nope. So they think they figure, okay, I'm just I'll just throw up against the wall here and see what happens. But Gallagher, that is a really, really big disappointment. It is, and I just uh, and it's just uh, kind of shameful. What a bad chapter! What a way to end his career in Congress! What a way to end the segment! I'm great to have you back. Glad you're healthy. You sound like you're in fighting trim and ready to go. An update, it was George from Flower Mound. He's Mm -hmm. an ex New Yorker, but it's George from Flower Mound. Properly identifying that you the, the burger chain. Now, George, you got to send me one more text. Mine, yeah. How did you? How did you figure uh, that exa- out? Please, how, exactly. Please, exactly. That's how, that's all, that's all we'll say. That is how some amazing Kreskin stuff this guy just pulled. And Columbo's got nothing on yeah, him. One, one, one more, one more thing. One more thing, Mister Gallagher. Yeah. Anyway, we're That's ready for it. We will right. indeed. Mike is back. It's Tuesday. We're ready to roll, and he's ready. Ten, ten o'clock. As soon as we're done, ready here on six sixty a.m. Yes. On Tennessee Ernie Ford's birthday, that stands in the corner with the bows straight. Fits perfectly into the way, 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 way back machine. I could have done 16 tons. That's 1955. But if you do shotgun boogie, good Second Amendment record from 1950. 
written by Tennessee Ernie Ford, born this date in 1919. Passed away back in 91. Shotgun Boogie was number one for 25 weeks on the 1950 country charts. All I need is one shot. We'll let Ernie take us out. Then we'll take a shot at various other topics, and you can take a shot of that phone line and get on board with me at 866-660-5759. Mark Davis on a Tuesday. Much more to come. Do stick around. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 